Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright. This is the video teaching series, How to Study the Bible, or How to Study the Bible so that you can be given truth by the Spirit of the Lord, which you're able to trust for your eternal salvation. There is There are very few things any more important than that. Uh, very, very few, th- very few things that are even equally as important as that. But this is lesson number eight, video number nine in this series. We've been talking about uh, periodically throughout these lessons about the absolute necessity of not studying the Bible alone, of having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ praying so that you can fellowship with him, so that you can know him, so that you can learn his voice, and then studying the Bible with him so that he can direct you in that study and so that he can explain things to you by his spirit. This may be a novel idea to some, but in this lesson especially, we're going to, I'm going to give you scriptures that clearly state that this is the will of God. So the title of this lesson is The Spirit of Wisdom and Understanding. And so uh, I'd like to read to you uh, verses that are the, uh, the recording of the first prayer that Paul prayed for the church in the book of Ephesus. And it's in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him for what purpose? That the the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. This is not just verbiage. This is not just some nice ecclesiastical, theological terminology here. This is not something that can be passed over and ignored and say, well, I don't know what that's talking about, so I'm not going to, uh, uh, I'm not going to be concerned with that. This is scripture. This is something from the word of God that you and I need to be aware of. But it's also something we need to receive. Paul wasn't just praying this for the Ephesians. He was praying this for all of us. And he made this statement. The eyes of your understanding, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, first, and what and what it what the riches of the glory of his inheritance saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. There were three specific things here that Paul wanted us to know, wanted us to understand, that it was the will of God for us to know and understand. But Paul knew that these things could not be understood or received naturally. 
the, the, the verses that we read from 1 Corinthians 2 at the end of the previous lesson, they clearly state that the things of the Spirit of God are spiritually discerned. They are not intellectually figured out. They are not worked out in the human mind by intellect or intelligence. But they are spiritually received, spiritually discerned, spiritually explained. That's why Jesus made it very clear when he was talking about uh, those who could be saved and those that couldn't be saved in the Gospels. He said there were those who had eyes that didn't see, ears that did not hear, and a heart that could not receive, could not believe. And so the ability to supernaturally receive from the Lord is very, very dependent upon uh, the Spirit of God speaking to us, to have to have truth that we can count on. It's spiritually discerned. It's spiritually received. It is my great concern and has been for years that I, I have watched my brethren. I, I, I thank God for the education he provided me. I'm thankful for that. I am not against education, but I am. Well, let me rephrase that. The word of God is opposed to education that causes a person to trust in what they know and trust in their ability to, to figure out and understand things on their own independent of the Holy Ghost. That is a very, very frightening thought for not only them, those individuals, but especially for those, those individuals that are following these, that are relying on their own intellect. And Paul said it in those verses we read in the last, from 1 Corinthians 2 in the in the last, at the end of the last lesson. He said, that those who do that are actually trying to get people to have faith in the wisdom of men. Why? Because if I have, if people have faith in my wisdom, I get the glory. But if I acknowledge, if in here I know it's true, and therefore I never present what I'm doing or saying as having come from my intellect, then whoever is speaking through me gets all the glory, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that showed these things to me. He's the one that explained these things to me. He's the one that I'm trusting to speak to you. If I approach these things intellectually, I am displeasing God. But just as important, I'm setting myself up for deception and failure. We need the Spirit of God to open our understanding as we search and the scriptures and and study with him as our study partner. I said in a previous video, I can be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ today. I have known great men in my life. As a young pastor, I was privileged, privileged to be, uh, to have a close association with brother Billy Cole and brother Hushera, among other men. And, and they, they taught me, they, they, they trained me, they, they provided some oversight in my life. 
But I didn't become their disciple. I was not their disciple. Because the Lord is the one who taught me. And he's the one explained things to me. And that enables me by his spirit to be his disciple. And as I've already said, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So he wasn't saying follow me. There's no period there. He's saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Why? Because I'm only a living example of what it means to follow Christ. So he's saying, follow Christ like I follow Christ. Not follow me. Don't become my disciple. But become a disciple of Jesus like I have become a disciple of Jesus. Imitate the way that I have followed Jesus. Big difference between collecting people up to be your disciples and simply saying, I'm only setting, trying to set an example of what it means to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. And if my example helps you in doing that, praise God. So we need the Spirit of God to open our understanding as we study the Word. Luke chapter 24 has got some amazing things uh, in it. And it says, Starting with verse 44. And he said unto them, Jesus said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. This is the resurrected Christ talking to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. That all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. My friend, this is not talking about uh, 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 he just explained it well. It's not talking about if he used certain words that just made it simpler for them to understand. That's not what this is meaning. He opened their understanding. It was a supernatural act. It was a supernatural act of opening their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. This is, he opened their understanding. This has got to be the goal of every person that wants to be a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word disciple literally means a taught or trained one. But according to uh, Webster's, as a synonym, the word disciple means you're not only following the teachings of the teacher, but you have a personal relationship with the person of the teacher. I know that's a little redundant, but I said it like that way for emphasis. And so... If I'm going to be following the teachings of Jesus, I'm not, that doesn't make me his disciple. I also have to have a relationship with the teacher. Well, you say, well, he's dead and gone. No, he's not. His spirit is here today. His spirit lives in me. I have the spirit of Christ in me through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have the spirit of Christ in you also, according to Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11. You have the Spirit of Christ. And so therefore, He is my teacher. I have the teacher with me 24-7, if I'm listening. 
and I regret to say I have not yet perfected being able to listen 24-7 because I can't perfect it. He's the only one that can make that work in me, but I still have to cooperate. But he is in me, and he is with me. He is abiding in me, and I have the opportunity to fellowship with him and ask him questions, and he will show me the answers in the scripture and explain how it all fits together because that's what the word of God teaches. Jesus said also uh, in Luke 24, verse 31, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight, and uh, I'm sorry, I said earlier that Luke 24, 40, what was that, 44 through 47, he was speaking to those on the road to Emmaus. No, this is talking about him open, him speaking to those on the road to Emmaus. Uh, and their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Luke 24 uh, 44 through 47, he was speaking to all of the 12 disciples, all the 11 at this point. He was speaking to the 11 disciples. And so that's one of the reasons we know that Acts 2.38 is uh, the New Testament plan of salvation because here it is, he, uh, verse 46 of Luke 4, uh, 24, thus it is written, thus it behooved Christ to suffer to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And the verse I didn't read to you earlier is verse 48, and it says, And he commanded them to not depart from Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, as Jesus himself explained in, in Acts chapter 1, before his ascension. And so, he opened the, 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 he opened the understanding of the apostles that they could understand the scripture. And he, in Luke 24, 31, he opened the eyes and the understanding of, uh, the, uh, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And, and what is the, what's the principle behind all this? Luke, John chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth has come, uh, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Let's read this one more time here. This is a part of the three chapters, John chapter 14, 15, 16, which took took together, not as three chapters, but as one time of teaching, this is the last teaching session that Jesus had with the apostles before he prayed in John 17 and then went out to Gethsemane and prayed out there and was taken uh, and and uh, was tried and crucified the, the, during that day, that uh, 24-hour period day. So here's the, this is a part of the last teaching session of Jesus with the apostles. Those four, those three chapters are absolutely full of important things for the body of Christ to know because these are the last words of Christ to the apostles as a teacher before his crucifixion. And so notice what he says here in, in John 16, 13 again. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come. Well, was it the spirit of truth with them? Yes, only it, as it was resident in the truth, the Lord Jesus Christ, John 14, 
6, which is a part of this, that was in the first chapter of these three chapters which make up that session. And here is, uh, in the, in the third chapter, here's another verse. So he, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then in John 16, 13, he says, Howbeit when he, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. So when did the spirit of truth come? On the day of Pentecost, when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, because God is a spirit and there is one spirit. And so the spirit of truth and the Holy Ghost and the spirit of Christ and the spirit of the Father, uh, they're, they're all one spirit, not three different spirits, four different spirits or more, one spirit. It's just different ways to describe that one spirit so we'll know the different aspects and manifestations of that spirit. But going back to the point here, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. The word guide there is speaks of something that's progressive. It's a, it's it's there's a progress in this. There's there's movement, there's transition in this. I should go for, to 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 be guided, I've got to go from one point to the other. It's like uh, standing on the bridge of a ship and giving and having the con. That's the guy that has the responsibility for steering the ship, right? Now, or at least overseeing the steering of the ship uh, and giving orders to the guy that's at the helm. Uh, right full rudder, left full rudder, ten right ten degrees left rudder, whatever it would be. Uh, you can't steer a ship. That's tied up to the pier. You can stand there all day long, look like a fool, giving giving orders to a helmsman when the engines aren't even running and you're and you're tied up to the pier. So the Holy Ghost can't guide us into all truth if we're not progressing in truth. So <laughs> here's a uh, question for you: Is then truth uh, finite? Is truth finite? Is truth a fixed quantity? That's finite. Is truth a fixed quantity? No. God is truth. God is unlimited. He's not a fixed quantity. So the, the, the thing that has, that bothers me about myself at times and about others is that we seem to be satisfied with what we've got. We don't want to know more. Well, I'm hoping by this time in this, this session, this, this series of, of lessons that something's already begun to work in you that you want to know more. You want to know more. You want to know truth. God is willing to teach us. God is willing to teach us. When the spirit of truth has come, he will, will guide. Not might guide, not possibly will guide, but will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Now, I don't want to get into talking about all that, even though it would be an awesome subject to cover, uh, how all that works and the Godhead and whatever. That's a great Godhead scripture there. But uh, the point here again is this. Having the Holy Ghost is the agency whereby God 
and through by, through, God can speak to me. And what is his goal in speaking to me? What is, what is his goal in, uh, in showing me things? Not only what's happened, what is happening, but what's going to happen. What is his goal in doing that? Guiding me into all truth. My friend, don't you want that? Don't you want that? If you've watched these videos to this point, I got to believe if you've survived these videos up to this point, I've got to believe that you really do want to know truth. But if you want to know truth, it takes an investment of time. You're not spending time studying. You don't spend time studying the word unless you're doing it intellectually. If you're studying the word intellectually through your own mind, trying to figure out what the word said, come up with stuff that, that confirms what you think, what you believe, then you're spending time because you won't get that back. But if I'm spending, if I'm in, I'm fellowshipping with Jesus and letting his spirit talk to me and guide me, I am investing that time and I'm going to reap a great benefit because first of all, I will have fellowship with the way, the truth and the life. I will have been in, uh, guided by the spirit of truth, but then I, the, 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 Blessing is, I'm receiving truth, more truth, more truth, more truth, understanding. And it's impossible to have a true, spiritually imparted understanding of truth without it affecting your daily life. If I have all kind of Bible knowledge, whatever that means, but it doesn't affect how I live every day, I don't have Bible knowledge at all. I may have some intellectual knowledge of a book called the Bible, but I don't have spiritually spiritual knowledge. I don't have spiritual knowledge. Matthew chapter 16, the Bible says this. When Jesus came into the, uh, verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ. Not, I think you might be the Christ or, or is it possible you're the Christ? No. What a definitive declaration. Okay, there I got it. <laughs> what a definitive declaration of truth. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And, uh, uh, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. You didn't get this by intellectually studying. You didn't get this by simply pursuing a religious or a theological degree. You got this because the Father showed this to you. And Jesus, speaking of a similar, uh, in a similar vein, says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. What? Did you hear that? Jesus thanked the Father. The man Christ Jesus prayed 
and thank the Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because he has hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Why? Because hear me right now. The more education you get, the harder it is to be humble enough to receive by revelation. In fact, it's impossible except by the Spirit of God. Education is not the problem. It's how it makes me feel about myself. If education causes me to rely upon me and what I know and what I think, that's negative. I can have an education, and I thank God for the one that I have been given. But if I'm relying on that education, I'm relying on my pedigree intellectually. The Bible says the Father's going to hide things from you that he'll reveal to babes. Uh, my mother-in-law was preaching a revival at a church in Florida uh, when I first met my wife. Uh, the pastor of that church was quite a story. He uh, had never been able to read in his whole life. Uh, he was a master mechanic at Ford Motor Company in Pensacola, Florida, I think it was at that time, and uh, or whatever city it was he was saved in. and uh, But he could not read. That was back when you could learn to be a mechanic by feel, and you didn't have computers that have to know all that. So he was a master mechanic. Uh, at that time, I was told one of the best. But couldn't read. But when he received the Holy Ghost... God immediately gave him the gift of reading. And it is my understanding from what I remember being told that the only book he could read was the Bible. That gift didn't work on any other book than the Bible. And he was pastoring a church successfully, doing a great job. At this time, he was not a young man. He'd been doing this years because God gave him that. We can't receive miracles, my friend when we have something to rely on for ourselves, or if we have something that we could rely on, we choose to rely on that and not God. So I don't know about you, but I don't want what God has, what I have learned from man, to be a hindrance between me and God. Even if the stuff I learned from man was Bible stuff. Bible stuff. I don't want what anybody else has taught to be a hindrance. Now, as in a previous uh, lesson, we talked about those at Berea. The Bible says those at Berea were no, more noble than those at Thessalonica because when they heard the scripture, they received it hardly, readily, but they also... Uh, went back to the scriptures to study and to see whether or not those things were so. And why? Because ultimately, the Spirit of God is the teacher, not any man. Ultimately, the Spirit of God is the teacher. Luke chapter 10 says this, uh, beginning with verse 21. This is a similar quote uh, from the one in Matthew 11. Uh, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, 
that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. But he turned to the disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which are the eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Now, if this doesn't make it very clear that what I know of truth, I can't take any credit for, and if I know stuff I'm taking credit for, then how do I know it's truth? What's the basis of that? Well, uh, I, I got it in the Bible. Yeah, you can get anything in the, from the Bible if you if you want to. If you want to. I mean, there are so many false doctrines that quote Scripture. Even Satan quoted Scripture to Jesus in the wilderness. Even Satan quoted Scripture to Jesus in the wilderness. So it's possible to go to the Bible and seemingly justify just about anything you want to believe. But the problem is, uh, that doesn't make it truth. And the principles that we'll be teaching in the last half of this video series are biblical principles that you can apply and the Holy Ghost will apply in your life that will enable you to be assured that you have the truth for yourself. I, 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 I appreciate those who trust me. I appreciate those who, who, who believe that I love God and that I pray and that I study the word and that God talks to me. I appreciate all of that. But I beg of you, don't rely on me or any other preacher for your truth alone. It is your soul, your soul. That means you need to go to the book for yourself. And the whole purpose of this video series is to equip you with the biblical principles to be able to do exactly that. Praise God. I pray, I pray, as we've gone through this lesson, that you have received this spirit of hunger, for the revelatory fellowship with the Spirit of God. Not just fellowshipping with God. A lot of people fellowship with God and talk to God. That's their fellowship with God. They talk to God. But true fellowship, a true relationship, is a two-way conversation. And I've got to to be really blunt with you. I'm a whole lot more interested in what the Father wants to say to me than I am in what I have to say to the Father, no matter how important it may be to me. In fact, no matter how important it may be to the kingdom, I'm far more interested in what the Father is saying to me than I am what I'm saying to the Father. But in a relationship, there's two-way communications. And I have experienced this many, many, many times. And it's the, most, it's the sweetest of fellowship to sit with a Bible or a a a, a software program, Bible study software program, 
and be, and talk to Jesus and listen to him as he directs you here and directs you there and, and uses the scripture to explain things to you that you can never figure out on your own. I was uh, on the phone with a, a friend of mine. We're not best buddies, but we're, he's a friend, and I've known him a long time. I love him. He loves me. And uh, I don't even know how it came up, but he said to me, uh, Brother Wright, he said, you know what? Me and my buddies think of you, and I'm going, uh-oh, I don't know. He said, me and my buddies, when we think of you, we think an anointed brain. I don't know if he could have said anything to me that would have been more disturbing to me. I, 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 I don't even remember what I said in response to that, but we got off the phone not too long after that. And I immediately went to find a place to pray. And I said, Father, forgive me if I have at any time in any way communicated in such a way that I am proposing to people that this is coming out of my intellect, that I figured these things out, that I came up with all of this on my own, that I studied until I figured it out. Father, you know and I know that I have nothing I did not receive. You gave me this. You explained it to me. And all I've done is in the, as you've dictated and as the flow has been there for you to speak, I've simply let you speak to others what you said, spoke to me. So Father, forgive me if in any way I have conducted myself or spoken in a way it would cause people to think that I'm doing this because all of the glory for this belongs to you. I beg of you today, my friend, I beg you today that you would let the Lord Jesus Christ give you this hunger and this determination that you want truth from him and him alone. God bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.